are listening to the sermon podcast of Covenant Presbyterian Church. We are a community in Madison, Wisconsin, who gathers to worship, to learn, to serve, and to grow together in God's love. Please visit us online at www.covenantmadison.org, where you can find information about Covenant Ministries, as well as links to our online worship services and sermon podcasts. In my experience, there are two topics that teenagers are much more comfortable talking about than most adults, sex and death. It was not uncommon for me back when I was the pastor at the Presbyterian Church in Oregon, Wisconsin, When I would be teaching a confirmation class, I would dedicate one evening to everything you always wanted to ask Clara but never had a chance to ask. Sex usually came up first, frequently in the form of the question, Clara, what do you think of premarital sex? At this point one of my sons famously jumped up off the floor and bolted for the door and said, I'm out of (laughs) here. Talking with your pastor about premarital sex was one thing, but when your mom is the pastor and all your friends are there, not so much. Well, Pastor Charlie led a sermon series last winter on Let's Talk About Sex, so we're not going to talk about that this morning. The other topic, in my personal experience, that teenagers are more likely to ask about than adults is this. What happens after we die? This question came up in just about every single confirmation class. For youth who think about death as something way far into the future, their curiosity was piqued. For many of us as adults, we'd rather not talk about that, thank you very much. Well, this morning, we're going to tackle that very question. What happens after we die? My father's parents died when he was young. His father when he was seven and his mother when he was 14. My father rarely spoke about that and rarely talked about his parents. I suspect it was just too painful. But what I do remember is that when he did talk about it, he almost always said he was looking forward to seeing his parents when he died. That's the image of heaven that I grew up with a place where you get to see everybody again. I lived with that image for a long time. 
until I reached that interesting stage of life when you question just about everything your parents ever told you. So I thought long and hard about my father's understanding of heaven and came to my own conclusion, which in my case was, well, that's ridiculous. As a young adult, I couldn't buy the idea of a whole lot of people floating around in heaven and hanging out together. So for a long time, my idea of heaven did not include being able to recognize people in heaven. Fast forward to my late 30s. By this time, my father had been dead for about nine years. And now my mother was very near her own death. Though my mom had lived in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where I was raised for over 40 years, she moved to Madison after she had a very significant stroke in order to be closer to my brother and to me. She was at the Attic Angel Health Center when it was over on Sego Road, and so I was able to visit her often. In her final weeks, when it was clear that the end of her earthly life was near, my mother would occasionally look up into the corner of the room and start talking to someone, someone whom she could apparently see, but whom I could not. It was evident from the side of the conversation that I could hear that she was talking to my dad. She could see him when all I saw was the corner of the room where the two walls met the ceiling. Maybe my childhood faith wasn't so far off after all. Maybe we do see people in heaven. It sure seemed as if mom was seeing dad, and it was very evident that it was giving her a tremendous amount of peace. It also gave me peace, a lot of peace, a lot of comfort as my understanding of the afterlife shifted again and I thought of Dad waiting for Mom in heaven. At about the same time that I was wrestling with whether Mom would see Dad in heaven or not, whether they would be together again, another challenging question started worming its way into my thoughts. Both my husband Paul and I had been married before. Paul was a widower. I was divorced. Paul and Sally had been happily married for 22 years when she died of cancer. Sally is buried at Arlington National Cemetery in Arlington, Virginia, because Paul is a 20-year veteran of the United States Navy. When Paul dies, he will be buried 
in the same grave. They will be together. So the challenging, troubling question for me was, who will Paul be with in heaven? Will he be married to both of us? Or will I, as the second wife, be left out? For me, it came down to that very same question that just about every confirmation class would ask. What happens after we die? I wrestled with that for a long time. I struggled with that. If Paul was at a late school board meeting and I started worrying about his safety on the road, I thought about it. If he was on a business trip and his flight was delayed, I thought about it. I didn't talk to anyone about it because, well, most adults don't like to talk about death or what happens to us after we die. In Jesus' day, the Sadducees asked him a similar kind of question in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. If a woman had had more than one husband, to whom would she be married in heaven? They put the following question to Jesus. Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, leaving a wife but no child, the man shall marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. There were seven brothers. The first married, and when he died, left no children. And the second married the widow and died, leaving no children. And the third, likewise, none of the seven left children. Last of all, the woman herself died. In the resurrection, whose wife will she be? For the seven had married her. Jesus responds by saying that the Sadducees are wrong. For they know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. They missed the point. They were making God too small. The late Lamar Williamson, Jr., professor emeritus of biblical studies at Union Theological Seminary, wrote in his commentary on Mark's gospel. To think only literally about the resurrection is to be, like the Sadducees, quite mistaken. For like them, it is to limit the power of God to conditions such as we know them on earth. Speculation about the age of resurrection bodies, the stage of personality development when one is raised from the dead, or the conditions of life after death misses the point of Jesus' teaching. Instead of this kind of information, 
the Lord offers a promise. More life with God. More life with God. What happens after we die? It's a question that we may not like to talk about, but a question that many of us think about. I finally came to my own conclusion, a conclusion that gives me peace, a conclusion that gives me comfort, a conclusion which I can live and die with in faith. And this is it. I don't have a clue what happens to us after we die. I don't know if we see loved ones or not. I don't know how old we are in heaven. I don't know if it's a black and white world or a technicolor world. But I do believe with all my heart, from the bottom of my toes to the tip of my head and well beyond, is that the same God who loves me now will love me in my death. The same God who takes care of me now will take care of me after I die. I believe to my very core that in life and in death, we belong to God and that nothing, absolutely nothing, can take that away from us. The words of Jesus in our reading for this morning, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. The words of Jesus, God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him. And the words of Paul in Romans 8, are among the biggest rocks of my faith. The boulders at the very bottom that hold the rest of the stones in place. Hear the words of Romans 8. The Apostle Paul writes, I am convinced, convinced, that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. My friends, we all answer the question in our own way. What happens after we die? I share with you the rock, the boulder, upon which my faith and my life rests. 
in life and in death, we belong to God. Nothing and no one can ever take that from us. Ever. And so I do not fear the grave. The same God who loves me now, who watches over me, who sustains me, who gives me the very breath of life, will be there after I die. I don't know what it will look like, but I trust. I trust in God's eternal care and eternal love today and forever and ever and evermore. Thanks be to God. Amen.